Welcome to the O'Reilly Design Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Tressler. In this episode, I sit down with designer Doreen Lorenzo. We talk about her work as director for the Center of Integrated Design at the University of Texas and what's wrong with failing fast. Enjoy the show. Doreen, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'd love for you to start off by just talking a little bit about your background, where you've been and what you're doing now. Um, you know, I've been working uh, all my life really in creative industries. I started out actually in film and video. About 20 years ago, I transitioned to working in the design world. I went to work for uh, Frog Design and worked there for 16 years, um, building what I think was a fabulous company and a great business. Um, transitioned to working for a company called Quirky. And uh, most recently, left to do two things. One is um, to form a company with actually the old co-founder of Frog, uh, Patricia Roller, who's married to Hartman Esslinger, and with a company called Vidlet that does uh, mobile video insights. Um, And really why we formed this company is because what we saw when we were working um, at Frog and then again in our subsequent lives, that the whole idea of really understanding your customers or your employees, really understanding the qualitative nature, doing your ethnographic research was something that was very, very important. And more and more businesses were not doing that because it's expensive, it's hard to do. And we really felt that we wanted to give people a tool um, to be able to never have an excuse or a reason not to do it. And so that's where we developed Vidlet, which basically is the concepts of, you know, using selfies, videos on your mobile phone and it's uploaded to a very uh, robust portal that has artificial intelligence and you can search through and find keywords and do analytics and um, we don't and it's you know a a fraction of the cost of what ethnographic research is and we just wanted to give people the tools to do this because we don't ever want to see people not having the excuse Um, so that's one thing the other thing I'm doing is I just became uh, the director uh, for the Center of Integrated Design at the University of Texas. And we're using the concept of design methodology, better known in our world as design thinking, as a core fundamental and underlying uh, tool in all of the schools. So we have, uh, we're working now with seven of the schools, engineering, computer science, um, business school, design school, information system, etc., and uh, there'll be a minor in really understanding how to use design methodology uh, to really solve problems. So I think this is unprecedented. It's enormous. Uh, UT has 7,500 incoming freshmen this year. It's a very large school. So to be able to do that uh, at the scale is pretty important. But again, on my mission to make sure that design and the methodology uh, that design uses is something that becomes embedded in our lifestyle, you know, um, I think this is a really important step. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, So backing up a little bit, what was the first project you ever worked on professionally in design? The first project I ever worked on was actually uh, when I first joined Frog, they were working on something for a compact computer way back when. Um, and it was really, it was actually called new media. It wasn't digital media, but it was new media. And, uh, we were making a CD-ROM, um, at the time. I mean, this is kind of going way back, right? The way back machine. We're making a CD-ROM. Um, beautiful. I mean, just beautifully done, really, really elegant. So that was, you know, my first foray, uh, into the design world. Wow. Um, 
we might have to explain to some people what CD-ROMs are. <laughs> I know. I felt like when I said that, it's like, yeah, and that was after a tracks <laughs> um, Can you talk a little bit? I mean, you've been you've been at this for a bit. Can you talk about what it's been like being a woman in design over the last few decades? Um, and has it changed? And if so, how? Yes, I have been at this for a while. But given that I started when I was five, um, it makes it much easier. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, I get that question asked a lot, Mary. And, um, <laughs> I think about, you know, being a woman, about being a woman just in general, like being a woman right. in business, a woman in design. And I can tell you that I think I went through the first 20 years of my career, not even thinking about it, putting my head down, doing the work that needed to get done, um, working really closely with all my employees, uh, creating a great environment, leading an organization, um, making a business successful and profitable. I mean, I think I just did all those things. I never really thought about being a woman. And I thought at one point, well, we've come far. And then I put my head up, as we sometimes do in life. You know, you, you come up from air and I kind of looked around and said, wow, um, we haven't come that far. And particularly, I have a, you know, a daughter a who's in her early 20s. And I see kind of the same struggles. Mm-hmm. And um, it frustrates me sometimes, you know, because I feel like we've made great strides, and yet we haven't come far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, particularly am wanted to highlight some of the wonderful women that are in the design industry. And I started writing a column last year, just to do that. Um, that's kind of my labor of love, because I wanted to talk about all these great people that are out there doing um, just fabulous work that sometimes don't get their their due in the, in the world. They just mm-hmm. go, they do what I did, right? They put their head down and they just do their work. Right, right. Well, so that's interesting. So have you noticed anything interesting or surprising from the conversations that you're having with these women? Um, and, and, and curious to know how you identify your subjects. You know, I try to get, uh, so how I identify my subjects is I try to get uh, a cross range of people. So some people that work in business, some people work in education, some people work for consultancies, people who have done uh, different industries also. I'm trying to get a cross section of people just to see, again, um, are there similarities? And I would say the number one similarity I see with women is, I mean, they're suited to be fabulous designers because they're so empathetic. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. women are that I've interviewed are really empathetic and really understand the importance of understanding their user, understanding their employees, and creating an environment where creativity and doing your best work thrives. And that's probably been a thread that I've seen um, through all the columns I've written. Um, is that, I mean, one of the questions I, I asked at the end is, Hey, I know we're not supposed to hug in the worst workplace, but are you a hugger? Um, cause again, it's, it's always asking. It's interesting because so many of the women say, absolutely. Like, is there anything else? You know, I've had a few women that have said no. Um, but for the most part, and I always find that interesting because again, it's just wanting to have not just them be successful, but their team being successful because they understand that, um, this is a cross-disciplinary approach. It takes a village to get these products and services out into the market, and they have to bring the whole team along. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, you know, you're you're doing this work at the University of Texas. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, sort of looking into the business world, what you think about design's place in business today, and specifically the phrase design thinking, um, the love-hate phrase. 
Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a great way to put it. So here's my my view. I I have I have spent my pretty much you know twenty years of my professional career trying to really emphasize the ROI on design, the value of what design brings to an organization. You know, and I lightheartedly but truthfully say. You know, when I started out in this industry, designers weren't allowed to have a seat at any table. I mean, we were barely allowed in the building, right? We were kind of the, you know, the people dressed in black that were kind of the crazy people that said silly things, right? And then you can see the evolution where you were kind of allowed into the building, especially when it was cold. They were nice enough. And then, you know, put in the, you know, kind of the back of the boardroom. And now what you see is design is all the rage. And so my concern about that, I mean, I'm happy and I'm happy that the DMI came out with their index and shows how successful design organizations, um, you know, design-led organizations are. I'm very happy about that. But what I want to make sure is that it doesn't turn into, you know, the buzzword of innovation, that design really becomes part of the core DNA of an organization, because it's the only way there's change is actually going to happen. And Design thinking by its nature, which is really just the name from a methodology that designers have always, you know, it's a problem solving methodology that designers have always used is making sure that that just becomes part of the fabric of an organization, um, which is why if we could teach students at a young age how this is done, it's part of their thought process in terms of how they go and work together. Mm -hmm. And it's not just design thinking per se, but it's understanding cross-discipline. We live in a world today where there's no longer, I mean, you know, in the design business, even when I started up, you know, 20 years ago, there were these long product life cycles people had, you know, you'd wait, especially in, you know, physical product, you wait for Intel to release another chip every 18 months. And that's when you're, you know, that was your roadmap. That doesn't work anymore. Today, we're in these quick iterative cycles, and we need to constantly be communicating and touching um, base with our our users. And so organizations have to understand how to be agile, how to work quickly, how to have uh, creative, autonomous thinking that goes on and problem solving. And to me, that's part of what between Vidlet, which is giving people these tools to go out and get those insights and teaching these students how to um, really work in this fashion, that's I call this my my next phase of my life. That's what I'm dedicated to. So this doesn't become that that buzzword mm-hmm. or that checkbox like, oh, check, we have design, but nobody's really doing anything with it. Right, right. And I'm certain there are plenty, um, yeah. <laughs> plenty out there that think they're, they're, they're on to something, but they don't know what it is they're on to. Um, exactly. So, you know, flipping that, what companies do you see or do you see any company succeeding with this approach? Yeah, I mean, I think you see these, you know, really large companies and small companies. I mean, you see companies like GE that have totally pivoted their organization, right, and and really put a lot of emphasis on uh, design thinking methodology, uh, adding new skills and services, hiring and embedding designers, or or companies like IBM, right? They've really made a big bet on mm-hmm. design. You've seen companies like Airbnb, which is a design-led organization, right? A designer started that. I mean, this is a a big change in how business is done. Um, Nobody would have ever thought a designer could start a business like that. So Mm -hmm. I think we are beginning to see that what's possible Mm -hmm. and the value of what that brings. But we're still early stages. You know, the, the interesting point about 
design is it's a process. It takes time. It's not like you snap your fingers and something happens. And so you want to make sure that people stay the course and, mm-hmm. you know, don't abandon ship because they freak out or get worried. Right. Right. Failing too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and on that word alone, and that word alone, I never use the word failure. I just refer to it as the F word Mm. because I think we've really done ourselves a disservice in business and in education by using it. Really, what because what we're telling people is we don't want you to learn. By telling people, by talking about that failure, you're telling people you don't want them to learn. We're in a continuous learning environment all our lives. At least I hope we are. Mm -hmm. And you know, in scientific methodology, the the more false uh, results you get, the closer you get to success. And that's looked upon as something that's good. In business, if you don't get it right the first time, that's looked upon as something that's bad. And so I think what we're learning along the way here is that we have to make sure that people have the ability to learn and gain gain knowledge because the more you can learn, the closer you can get to success. And I think that's what the design methodology allows you to do, right? You're testing, you're prototyping, you're you're getting the results and you're seeing where you are along the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And I think um, we should stop scaring people about, you know, the concept of failure. I mean, I see that in the university, these students are so afraid to step outside because they're they don't want to fail. You know, that's a really bad thing. And it's not about failure. It, it is, in fact, about learning. And, you know, you get better at things when you know what doesn't work versus when you know what does work. Mm-hmm. Great point. I actually, I think I heard somebody just yesterday say that something similar to that in terms of stop saying failing fast and start saying learning fast. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I mean, I've just been, this has just made me crazy for the last two years. Um it has. It has. It's really driven me crazy because it's not failure. It's learning. <laughs> like that's what we do. Um, and to assume that somebody's going to, you know, snap their fingers and get it right and is crazy. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. <laughs> um, in your opinion, what do you think designers can do to help um, help companies along that are, are taking this path. I mean, you talk about the fact that, you know, at one point designers weren't allowed in the building. Now they're in the building. Now they've, they're a seat, a table, all of that good business. But what, what advice do you have for designers that are find themselves in these large companies and want to try to move things in the right direction? I think the, the, one of the major things a designer can do is not be isolated. You know, a designer has to be part of a larger core team because the success of what a designer is designing is really embedded in what is the problem you're trying to solve, who you're trying to solve the problem for, what's the business case around that. Mm-hmm. And then what are some of the, you know, from a business perspective, what are some of the gates that aren't going to allow you to, to do something? Uh, and that's where you, you're working with you know, people on the business team, people on the marketing team, people on the engineering, uh, people doing programming. You have to work collaboratively. It really does take a village. And I think designers being isolated and, you know, sitting in a room, uh, not working with a team is devastating to a business. Mm-hmm. They need to be part of the fabric of a company. Okay, great. Um, when you're researching for your own work, I'm curious what resources you use or rely on. You mean my own work uh, regarding doing a project? Or? Yes. Yes. Well, it's very simple. I mean, it's doing your insights, right? Um, 
you know, again, it comes back to, to Vidlid. It's, it's really understanding uh, what is the problem you're trying to solve and who you're trying to solve that problem for, mm-hmm. you know, what you're going to rely on. You're going to assume that, um, you know, a business comes to you and says, this is the problem I, we, we have. And your job is to find out if that in fact is really the problem. Because oftentimes businesses are so close to what they're doing, they that's not really the problem they're solving for. You know, and I had literally from my, you know, my days at Big Frog and then Quirky, just many, 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 many stories about businesses who um, didn't really see the actual problem um, that they were trying to solve for. Mm. So, which is common. So that's why you do your insights work. You go out and you talk to people and you're trying to find out truly what the problem is that you're trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. That's the number one place that you can get your information and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's a good point. You, they often think they know what their problem is um, and have misidentified it. Well, we all get so close to something. Um, we get so close to things and we just assume we know it all. Um, right. That's common. You know, it's human nature. So I think the role of good design methodology is to take a step back and say, is that really the right problem? Let's go talk to the users. Let's go talk to the people you're trying to get and find out. Is that really the problem they're having? Mm-hmm. Great. Curious to know beyond, um, you know, noting that designers need to be inclusive. What do you think are some of the most important skills or attributes for designers who want to lead? They have to be articulate. I think designers who are able to talk about why they've made the decisions they've made is very, very important. And the reason it's very important, you're going to assume that a designer is very good at their craft. You know, they're terrific at it. Like that's, that's the assumption, right? That's mm-hmm. table stakes to get a job. You're good at what you do. Now, if you think about a designer's role, it's really to work with the team and come up with a different way of doing something, a different type of product, you know, a different type of system. They're doing something new. That's their role. Now, when you introduce the new to most people, they kind of, fold a little bit because it's uncomfortable. They don't know if it's going to work or it's not going to work. And they'll be very easily apt to throw out all the reasons why it won't work, even though they don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. So a designer who is very articulate, who can actually explain the methodology, the reasonings, the findings, and tell the story. I think designers have to be terrific storytellers. Tell the story. Uh, has the ability then to to move that project through the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point though. It's it's you're assumed you're great at your craft. Now what? Um, well, you have to be. I mean, you know, and it's not really cliche, but you really do have to be able to work with people. You got to be a team player. Um, I, I think the the days of the the lone designer diva uh, doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll always be out there, but I think you've got to be able to work with people. These are we are creating today in a lot of these products and services that we're making, you know, complex ecosystems. And that means you have to work with different teams of people to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So true. So what advice do you have for, for the newbies out there, folks just entering the field? Ask a lot of questions. Uh, learn about what other people do. I think if you can understand how other people on the team play an important aspect, what is the role of business in this? What's the role of, you know, engineering? If you could understand the different aspects of what you're doing, it's going to help you make better informed decisions about what you design. Mm-hmm. That's a really great point. Um, and, 
and also know your customers. I mean, I think that, you know, I can't say that enough, but I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. And learn how to know your customers, right? And learn how to know your customers, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, beyond beyond your own work there, are there people or projects that are grabbing your attention that you find particularly interesting these days? You know, I'm really fascinated. Finally, after 20 years, um, we see artificial intelligence taking off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been around for a really long time. And I think the reason it's starting to make its way into um, the world is because it it is, you know, a great meeting of technology and design coming together because we are humanizing that technology and we're bringing it together. And it's been very interesting to see now what happens with it because there's a lot of tasks and it, I don't, you know, it's not replacing everybody's job, but there's a lot of tasks, uh, mundane tasks that, you know, from an artificial intelligence perspective, that can happen that I think will begin. That's one of those changes in history that we'll begin to see on the other side of that. Also, I think when you begin to look at bringing augmented reality or virtual reality closer to us, you know, we're not going to all sit there wearing big goggles, but we saw the phenomena of what was Pokemon Mm -hmm. go right this last couple of weeks. And, you know, people's interest in that. And what that is, is really kind of meshing these worlds together but what what can that mean in terms of training and development? You know, what what does that mean in terms of just our everyday life where you truly have this ubiquitous computing all around us? People really do know this personalization that happens. So I think again, we're in this interesting time and I think design is is definitely has a seat at the table and is playing a huge role in bringing that closer to the user. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, Doreen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. You can reach Doreen through her Twitter handle at Doreen L. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the O'Reilly Design Podcast through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn so you never miss an episode.